everybody to the sixth episode of bnt we are our special guests are my dad obviously. and my dad hi. introduce yourselves yeah i'm daniel frogel i am ozzy's father this is my first podcast <laughs> i'm very happy to be here thank you you sound like it <laughs> and i'm i'm gavi's dad jude aspler i'm a long time listener of this podcast uh honored honor to be uh, participating in it after all these weeks of listening wow you're a good yeah. dad i listened to the first five minutes of the first one <laughs> that's good <laughs> there's a there's a 3x speed on spotify it's, oh that's it's, what i gotta figure out how to use those no i'm i'm a dedicated listener from start to finish <laughs> and right, it's a special you. day because it's also father's day so yeah like happy, happy father's, father's day father. to all the to all the fathers out there yeah um this is the first episode out of Yeshiva, so hopefully the quality is good. Yeah, we'll see. Kind of testing, testing grounds. Yeah. I mean, always, uh, as always, send in your, your tips and tricks and improvements for us, feedback, and we'll, uh, we'll try to take it into consideration. All right. Who you wants to it. start off? I didn't even prepare anything because we'll yeah, just whatever. talk about we'll the try. finals. That's it. We'll make it, a, we'll make it a quicker episode. The last episode was like an hour and a half, so we'll make it quicker. Yeah. Yeah, um, bottom line, Golden State Warriors have won their fourth championship in eight years. Well, and Steph Curry finally won his first finals MVP. And I think yeah. it's a long time coming. So, yeah. God, I, I know the Aspers have, are devastated. Do you guys, how, what happened right after the game? I don't know. We kind of just sat there. No, I, I I went into I, I I shifted into a parallel universe where where Game Seven is tip offs in about four hours from now. <laughs> if only. If then only. We have more basketball. No, I don't know. The Game Six was uh, not very fun. The first two minutes were very fun to watch, and then yeah, it kind of started going down from there. Like Ozzy texted yeah, me two minutes two minutes in, he's like, "You guys are killing," and then yeah, I texted, yeah. and then I kind of jinxed it. Because you guys got absolutely demolished. What was this like? What the? What was the biggest uh, differential different difference in the leads? It was like twenty two. I don't or something. know. The Warriors won like a twenty three over run or something like that. It was yeah, crazy. it was like the longest run in in like longest whatever something an O run in in. Uh, NBA. Yeah, it was the longest run in NBA history, finals history. It felt yeah, long. It wasn't great. It felt very long. Yeah. 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 I didn't watch right. any of the other games though. I'll tell you the one thing that surprised me the most, that was most shocking, was that Clay Thompson was actually the person that that was the linchpin for the Golden State Warriors all along. What had to do with Kevin Durant? Once they got him back, they became a championship team again. Well, he played horrible in in Game Six, which was shocking because he always played good in Game Six. But he, he it looked like at the end he was just chucking. Kids, nothing yeah. was landing. For. He went yeah, like, they, they, that's 
they showed the they showed the stats of Clay Thompson when he went out. It's like the team went on a Schmita year, two years. <laughs> they just took a year or two off, losing, yeah. and then he came back and boom, they they were back in action again. It was pretty pretty amazing. I think he was really the the like deciding factor. I don't think so, honestly. I, don't, I think they just have a lot like the best role players. Well, two years ago best. was the it was the COVID year. Then last year. Steph Curry was injured for a while. They had the worst record in the league, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they had, they had, like, they had like the biggest rebuild, the fastest rebuild. But the core, yeah, they, the core they were both there. hurt, and I think Draymond was probably suspended for half that time when when they were out and injured. He was just getting uh, teed up every other game or every other minute of every other game, and and uh, the whole team seemed to take a, a year think, or two off. I think my point is it has nothing to do with Steve Kerr. Steph, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Well, Steve Kerr shunned the Knicks. Remember, he was he was going to sign with the Knicks, and then he kind of shunned them, went to Golden State. You so, don't think he's a good coach? I, I, I well, I don't think it was. I don't think it was the coaching that that, that made that's making this team. Well, I don't. I think previous years, yeah, but this year, no. I think it's the were. obvious factor that's a Steph Curry's making the team. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like what, what, that's like what, what like Tim with Tim Duncan and uh, Rick Popovich, you know. Well, That's Popovich can win without him. Uh, yeah, he has spent two years. He hasn't. It's like, he has well, not a him. championship, but he can win games. He can he can have a competitive team. Right? Uh, when, when have the Spurs been popular without Tim Duncan? Competitive? I'm, competitive, I mean. Well, they lost Kawhi Leonard also. It's, it's really cool. It was Kawhi Leonard that they lost. Uh, Kawhi was overrated back then. Um, but speaking of... Uh, uh, Draymond Green, he played amazing in Game Six. He yeah. almost had a triple double, and he was everywhere. But he had a lot of turnovers, whatever. He was, yeah, he was crazy. If you watched the game, you saw him go like absolutely insane. The good thing about being out of Israel is that it's much easier to watch games. Too bad there are no more games. Yeah. No. Um. The thing about Draymond is the entire series he was horrible, and then in the last game he just decided to turn it on. I don't know if it was that. He decided to turn it on or that he just realized I, I i kind of feel like he just wanted to get back at the celtics fans at that point i don't even think he was like cared that much i think he just really wanted to get the celtics fans like shout out to yehuda goldman who was at game six in boston yeah. and he sent me a video of, of all the fans around him. they're like f you draymond just that yeah. that chant going on uh i think draymond just wanted to show it to them I think I think he did that for his future broadcasting ratings. He's gonna be uh, he's he's gonna milk that for many years. He he had he had great things to say about the Boston fans, about Tatum and others after the game. Uh, so I I think a lot of that was an act that he's trying to just be the be the bad guy, and he'll do it in multiple cities, and he'll milk it for many years on TV or wherever he winds up. Where he's got it's got a TNT contract already. He'll, uh, or ESPN, I don't know, one of those. He'll he'll milk yeah, he'll milk that that bad guy image for many years. Yeah, That's speaking fair. of Draymond liking to be the villain, you see, I mean, you guys can can you see that? You know, pull it back. Or whatever. It says, "Getting ready for for Game Seven tonight." Uh, locked in. Happy Father's Day. So yeah. What he tweeted that? Draymond. What yeah. sixteen minutes ago? It wasn't. Uh, it, it for, let's give a happy Father's Day. First time fathers on the Celtics, Derek White and uh, and the Time Lord, right? Both both have kids named was it Hendricks, Hendricks and Hendricks. More than the last few months, we had two two uh, first time fathers on on the Celtics, 
And uh, and and one one other note, Daniel, you must be also super proud, like I am, to raise a couple of really solid, re- real solid podcasters here, huh? No, oh, yeah. I mean, this is the future of broadcasting that we're just luckily to be a part of and the lineage to. <laughs> I, I yeah, never thought. Well, I, maybe I never, maybe I we'll have you back when we're this. at a million. When we're at a yeah, million exactly. viewers. At the first episode, we're going to be on the front of Spotify. And, uh, we we and, and 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 the fact that they gave they they invited us on before they even had uh, Amari Stoudemire. They got they got some serious uh, guys lined up to join this podcast, and they had us on first. This is uh, what what a what a Father's Day gift this is. Yeah. All right. Well. Mm-hmm. Do we move on from uh, – well, we were talking about the Warriors, but now we'll move on. I just have, like, one main question. Now that we saw the Celtics lose in game six and, like, we saw the problems with, like, Brown's handle, Tatum's turnovers, Brown's turnovers, Tatum's handles, like, whatever. Basically, there was a lot of problems that we saw in the finals. They had a good run, but in the finals, they they showed a lot of problems. What do you think uh, the Celtics need to do in this offseason, like, practice-wise, training, trades, signings? What do they need to do to be able to get back to this level and to and to win? Hmm. That's a tough question. Honestly, I don't. Their team is really, really good right now, and I don't like. I don't really see any holes. I don't see any holes in their team. They've got good stars and a good, deep, like an amazing defense. I don't. I don't see what's the problem with what like their problem is. I think if they just if they play as well as they did this year, and I don't know. I mean, they had now they have experience in the finals. I I think it's. I think they'll come back. I, I don't really see any problems with their team. I don't even see any places to fix their whole, their whole team is really good. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, a couple, a couple of spots, one, a veteran presence. So they have a little bit of experience, but getting, getting one more veteran who's been there might help them. Um, one more big guy. Uh, they brought in Tice, but he didn't, he didn't have much trust and he didn't, uh, he didn't play much neither in the finals nor in, nor against Milwaukee. Uh, and Miami, he didn't, he didn't really play all that much. So, with, especially with Robert Williams not necessarily having the sturdiest of knees, um, yeah. one more big guy there. Al Horford's a year older. Uh, one more big guy would probably help them. I know a lot of the talk right now that I've heard is getting a true point guard, but I don't know if they need that. I think Derek White, uh, backing up uh, Marcus Smart, can. I, I think they could handle it um, with a little bit more experience and decision making and control of the play. And and the Celtics bench scoring in the regular season or second half of the regular season they really had two seasons Celtics for the second half of the season and the first few rounds of playoffs their bench scoring was 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 excellent Derek White was excellent Grant Williams even Peyton Pritchard they, they just all of them had shaky knees in the finals um, but I think that year of experience and maybe a little bit more veteran uh, another veteran on the bench to to boost them a little bit I, I think they'll they'll make that step I don't think they need to do all that much yeah they just need to limit the turnovers. Turner, turnovers were insane. Yeah, if they get they, if their point guard or whoever is whoever's bringing the ball up takes a little bit more control and doesn't let Jalen um, play. Uh, you know, there was there was an old game we used to play. Um, I don't remember what uh, was it Red Rover out where where you used to line up people in the line holding arms and you used to scream for somebody to come over and see if they can charge through and they never did because you got eight guys holding their arms knocking the guy down that was Jalen Brown on every drive he's just dribbling the ball trying to do way too much cut through three people uh they, they figured out how to close in on him every time and just knock the ball away time and time and time again so if, if somebody else on Celtics takes a little bit more control of the ball and limits his ability to to do that that that, that would limit the turnovers too 
And what about Tatum? What do you think happened to him? You think it's just a mindset thing, or he needs to to work on his like, ball handling? What, what do you think happened to Tatum? Like he was very disappointing in the finals. Yeah, I, I think he was trying to do a little bit too much when when Grant Williams wasn't knocking in the first few rounds when 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 they played good D on him, he'd, he'd kick the ball out to Grant Williams or to Pritchard or Derek White. And those guys were, were nailing their shots. Uh, and, and in the finals, they were not hitting their shots. I think Pritchard was three for 20 or something like that. Uh, couldn't hit anything. And Eric White in the last couple of games was not hitting either. And Grant Williams as well was not hitting anything. So I, I think he just felt the pressure and felt that he needed to get a shot up every single time. Uh, he was getting praised just a week or two ago, how he found a new dimension to his game in passing the ball and all those assists he was racking up. And then when his teammates weren't hitting, he just felt the need to force these shots. Same as Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was never getting to the point where he can shoot. Uh, Tatum was, but then he was just taking bad shots. Uh, so I, I think, I think he with a little bit better, a little bit better, um, somebody controlling the play and setting up the plays and moving the ball properly. I think somebody has got to help, uh, help him not get into those situations where he's got to take a, you know, a 360, turn around behind the back over the shoulder shot while at the same time complaining to the ref that he's not going to get a call. Yeah, he definitely complains uh, a little too much. But I don't know. Maybe he's just young. Jalen Brown, I don't know. I think he – I don't watch any – like I don't watch the the first few games. But I feel like in game six, six, he was the only guy that showed up. Like I, Gabby, you said right after the game that that he was he wasn't playing. Like he did not play well, but I thought he played the best on their entire team. Like he was the only one scoring, the only one who kind of like did all he could. That was the ugliest thirty-four point game in NBA Finals yeah. history. Yeah, the whole the whole Celtics were just completely broken down. Like that was not a pretty sight. But uh, for this next year, you know. What do the Celtics historically do? Are they are they usually big big free agent players? Is there is there because I'm looking at the list of the of the top fifty free agents? They have some interesting names that could like that could fill roles. You know, DeAndre Ayton, you know, good defender. They don't have money for DeAndre Ayton, and they don't need him. They have Robert Williams, who's the same player. Yeah, well, they they haven't. I don't don't think Boston's attracted other than when they got um, uh, when they had uh, the big guys, but I don't think uh, when they had Garnett Pierce. Those weren't free. And Allen, were any of those free agents? Or they were, I think those were all trades. Yeah, they were all trades. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Allen was, was a free agent. Um, they, they haven't. They haven't. I don't think they've been historically strong free agents. I think there's, there's this. Um, I, I don't know how many Bostonians listen to this show, but Boston and and the fans often get a, a little bit of a bad rap in terms of how they treat some of their their players and uh, certainly players of certain ethnicity. Um, I think they, they. I don't think historically they've been a, a top destination. So I don't know if they're going to go that route. And and they built their entire team now from draft. So the yeah. free agency would would might just be those secondary players, the veteran, the extra big guy, and the like. But yeah, I can't stars, see like yeah but players like to win. They have a great coach. You know, good defensive minded coach. You know, they have a good core for a team. You got you you pull in a good, you know, cheap. Um, uh, free agent to kind of just fill in that list, you know, put the cherry on top. You can, you can be special. Like you know, Mitchell Robinson on the Knicks is going to be a free agent. You know, a couple of these role player types. I hope Mitchell Robinson doesn't leave, though. He's, I think he's the next best player. Oh. He's the best, he's most not, player. not Randall. Julius Randall. The Wait, Knicks there are other there are other teams in the league? 
<laughs> if we can make it about, if you want to make it about the the Knicks, need to, I think they need to. I don't think this is. I don't think the Knicks have any real core players. To be yeah, we're not a good team. We're not a good team. They got one of the best. They got one of the best Canadians around. RJ RJ Brown. I don't. I don't buy it. He's he's an inconsistent shooter. Andrew Liggins. You know, bringing that back, bringing it back to the Celtics. I think RJ Barrett was could probably get an assist on how far the Celtics went in the second half of the season because after it was after a game sometime mid mid season. Yeah. When the Celtics were up by twenty something and in. Madison Square Garden, and they came back next, and he hit that buzzer beater bank shot three somewhere. And I think the Celtics had a uh, come to you know who meeting at the end of the game, and that was their turning point. And they all they all look back and point to that game as being the turning point in their season. I'm happy the Knicks were part of their failing championship run. <laughs> yeah. Failing. All right, next topic. Uh, this is like Ozzy's favorite. He likes talking rankings, top 10, top 5. That's all Ozzy really does. So, I mean, this is what all the all the shows are talking about now after Steph won his first finals MVP. Like, oh. wh- where, does Steph, where does Steph rank now? You can rank him however you want, like point guards, top 10, in the league now. Just like, what's, how did this impact his legacy? Yeah, I, I was waiting for this question. Uh, I know I you were. He is the point guard of all time Okay, so we have two guys who who watched Magic Johnson here. So, any rebuttal or not? They're going to go for Magic Johnson. I think, I think we yeah. remember. I remember Magic Johnson. Yeah. Where's Ellie? I, I would say, I would say if you're ranking the guards, he's up there. If you're ranking point guards, no. I don't look at him as a point guard. Um, and before the series, I would have said, even in the guards, I'm not so sure I'd put him up there in the top three I, I always thought he was a chucker just hitting what he just has an unbelievable release from any distance and he's nailing these threes and it's it's a supernatural talent he's got and amazing but it that's not necessarily your top three guard but watching him seven straight games that changed my mind now because he was he was driving to the hoop on big guys and making the shots and he was defending in tatum and, and forcing him into bad shots. He was doing a lot more than I thought he could do. I never, I don't know if I ever realized just how much he can do. So I'd, I'd put him up there in terms of the absolute top guards, not necessarily point You're saying all time or now? All time, all time. Oh, okay, good, good. Why, why do you not consider him a point guard? Because how, how, many, how many assists did, did he average in the finals in the season? Yeah, but that were, the NBA's past that, I like – like idea, you know, that it's not about like like a point guard isn't just a passer anymore, and a center is not. Yeah, so 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 then let the, don't rank him against the point guard because guys like John Stockton who used to play back in our days and wear shorts that were a third of the size of what they wear nowadays, um, he never shot. He I mean he had a great he had a great shot, but he rarely shot the ball because his his goal was his he was there to 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 post up Carl Malone and then pick and roll with him and toss it over to uh, forget what who's who's the who's their other. Long long distance shooter on Utah back then. I don't remember. Oh, oh Utah. Oh. Yeah, his name will come to me soon. Um, that that was his job. He his job wasn't to score necessarily, but had had he been in modern day NBA, he probably would have averaged those points too. But that doesn't roll. So I, that, that's so. If, I wouldn't rank him as point guards. I, I I get that point guards nowadays do they're obsolete maybe. So then no need to rank him as a point guard. But as a guard, I, I would All definitely right. put him up there. 
That's fair. Is it uh, Hornacek or Hornacek? Yes. 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 Good call. Um, Ozzy, you've been waiting to answer this one. Which one? Where is he? The Curry. Yeah. All time is out of all players. Like roughly, you don't need to. You don't need to give the whole, the whole thing now. It's like he's definitely, he's top ten, but he's in the he's in the ladder. You know, like he's maybe eight or nine. I don't think he's like he's nowhere near like you know LeBron, Jordan, Duncan, but he's like you know he's. I don't know. I don't. The thing is, I don't see him ever catching up to them. I mean, he's obviously not. I don't think he will catch up to him. He's getting older now. He's like 34. Um, I don't know. Look, he's won four championships. Yeah, but right. So those, and, those all a lot of those championships have like they he, they had the most overpowered team like ever. He was yeah. He was he was he was arguably the best player on one on maybe the great one of the, some one of the greatest teams of all time. Which year? Was it 2018 or 19? He was not the best player. Well, this, are you talking about the 73 win team? I, 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 that was yeah, 15. I said, argue, I said arguable. Oh, 15 even. So arguably. But, you know, that they're not the same team without him. So, you got, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's probably a top 10 all-time player, I think. Maybe top 12, you know, if you, if you kind of run run the list. Um, yeah. You know, again, anyone that's won four championships. Yeah, <laughs> You know there are, there are many that have done that, and and uh, especially when when you're the focal point of the team. So I, I think you have to kind of you have to throw him in there, to, you know, at the top. I agree. Yeah, He's I not in the same stratosphere as Michael Jordan, but um, but it's a good player. We should talk about like '80s, like like players from your day versus players from our day. That that'd be a good topic. What we might do if if voters are into it, if uh, the listeners are into this, send us a send us a text, and we'll we might do it. We were thinking over the summer when there's not a lot going on, we do uh, we go through the history of basketball like two decades per episode, talk about it. Maybe we'll do that every, every, as, as every a little week, segment. Every week, move every week, move the shorts up one or down one inch. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. way. And but they're yeah, starting yeah. to well, back up now. I say I think the podcast hosts have to wear you know the the uniforms of the day. <laughs> We'd all love to see both of you guys in Pistol Pete Maravich, um, you know, shorts. <laughs> All right. Um, so speaking of before, my dad mentioned that he like learned a lot about Curry this this finals round. So I just have like one one question for everyone. What's one thing that you learned from these finals? It could be about like the players or the coaches, the style of play. Just one one thing that you didn't realize before, but now you uh, but now you learned from these finals. Do I go first? Yeah, go first. All right, I'll go first. Um, I did not realize how good of a defensive team the Warriors were before this finals. Like the Celtics had so many turnovers, the Warriors held them to not that many points in, in like a bunch of the games. Andrew Wiggins held Tatum to like twenty five percent from the field while guarding him or something. Curry also played amazing defense. The whole team was just so good on defense, and I didn't realize at all how good of a defensive team they were. Like even though this season they were second after the Celtics, you just it wasn't really talked about, but. They were so good on the defensive end. That's uh, something I learned. Uh, I think something I learned is that if Robert Williams could stay healthy, he'll be one of the best centers in the league, I think. He was absolutely amazing, especially defensively, mainly defensively, throughout these entire playoffs. And if 
if he can stay healthy, he'll be, I think he'll be really, really good. Um, and also that, you know, like, I mean, this, this, this is more, this is not like something I learned. This is kind of just a fact that like Steph Curry's finally like, you know, his legacy is like complete. Like he's got really nothing else to achieve. Like, you know, four, four finals, finals MVP, you know, part of the, part of the great, one of the, part of the greatest, one of the greatest, uh, dynasties ever, you know, he's, and that this finals, the finals MVP finally proved that he's, you know, I think the best point guard in the world ever history. I can tell you something that I, nothing about this per se, the Celtics or the Warriors, but more foundationally, um, you're looking at teams that, that I, I think, um, I think Mr. Asper said before, um, built through the draft, kept their core together and are well coached. Um, you know, teams that try to buy championship teams, you know, unless your name is LeBron James, you're, you're probably, it's probably not the paradigm of a winning formula. It's really sticking to the fundamentals, scouting well and retaining your talent. But Mr. Asper, I, I didn't know my father was on this call. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take, I'll take what Mr. Frogel or Dr. Professor <laughs> Rabbi Frogel, um, put forth there also nothing to do with any individual player one of the things that that stood out to me not just in the finals but the whole playoffs actually there is no such thing as a safe lead anymore you could be up at, at, in the beginning of a game we all know we go up 12-2 we go up 15-2 leads that ha that that occur in the first five minutes of the game first go away minutes. very quickly but even even if you're up 15 in the third quarter or you're up 18 to start the fourth there is no lead safe i think they, they they were talking about 17 20 something straight games that that 20 straight games that in the playoffs that finished with a differential of over i don't know what 17 and all of them had these massive massive lead changes in the middle uh it, it just a few stops and a few buckets maybe maybe because there are a lot of threes being being chucked up there so you you, you chip away a lot quicker but they're just as there's no such thing as a safe lead. And I think that that comes to the, that ties into the coaching. Cause you a guy like Udoka on, on Boston, you see they're, they're down by a couple of games. They're down by 15 or something like that. Not game six, unfortunately. Uh, actually at one point they cut it down to eight and then they just missed shot. They turned over, missed shot after shot. They really had a couple of chances there to, 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 to bring it, bring it back. Um, but in previous games, they could be down a big, and they just didn't panic. They took their time. They didn't rush anything. They didn't try forcing shots. And all it takes is two, three, four straight possessions with a little bit of momentum, some good stops. No such thing as a safe lead. Yeah, that's why I don't watch basketball games until the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing else matters. It's just a journey, I think, to the last six minutes. <laughs> and, what, and the other thing is how annoying timeouts are. And reviews yeah. even more than that. So the official, the, the, oh, those official reviews. Oh, the refs were horrible. They, the refs, calls. the refs were horrible, and and the official reviews have to go away and let somebody just buzz down and give a ruling. How long those reviews take? They're definitely in cahoots with the networks and and, and commercial breaks and that revenue stream. Yeah, there was like there was like five times in the game where they, at halftime they had a commercial break, and then they they ended the commercial break, went to a, the sponsor of the halftime show, and then just cut from the ad to another commercial break. And then when they got when they finally got back, one player just went up to the ref and said, "Hey, I think you should look at that last play for for a flagrant." And boom, there's another five minutes of review. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's one of the right. best part is that the last guy I sent my to my Alex if you have right after uh right after the game, the best part about it was that there was like no fouls right. in the last game in the last game. Like there was it was like it was a very I like the flow a lot of it. I hate when I hate foul shots. They slow down the game like crazy. Especially games where there like games where there's tons of foul shots, it's just so I it's so boring to watch. It's funny, it's such a different game from when at least when I was growing up, they you know three-pointers were not nearly as big of a thing and it was just a lot of banging and bruising down, you know, down in the paint and fouls weren't called. There's probably, there's probably a lower rate of fouls being called than there was now. A lot less, a little less isolation and, and more, you know, just working it down in the bottom as opposed to these logo three-pointers that the people are heaving up all day long. Because there's no, there was yeah. no zone back then, right? It, was, it wasn't allowed, no right? And and I heard an interview with Kevin McHale, a couple of interviews during the finals. They had him on, uh, on NBA radio. Uh, you hear he's just going nuts with the with the gameplay because his game was all about get the ball in down low and take 12 seconds with with 14 different pivot moves till you have a, a clear shot and bank it in and and now he's just he was going he was he was letting loose on on the players now and how it's all just uh chucking it i felt like kevin McHale was all elbows and his elbows went in and out that guy was just long. He was all he was all elbows. Kareem on his skyhook. The the beauty of the skyhook was not how magical the shot was. It's that his elbow, his left elbow took out or whatever he shot with his his off elbow took out somebody else every single every single time. Yeah. And his knee as knee as well. All right, we we'd love to hear the old heads talk more about what's wrong with the game today. <laughs> but you will make that a segment for another episode. We're trying to get a whole new audience engaged in this we'll, podcast. We'll get you guys to come in for the ending of another episode, and we'll just get you guys to rant about what's wrong with the game today and how it was so much better back then. It's a great idea. Anyways, uh, we'll, uh, we're going to hit a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back for our – we have a little game to play called uh, Over or Under, and then we'll end off the podcast. All right, we're back from, the, from that quick commercial break. I don't know who, but I'll find a sponsor for that. To, to plug in. But anyways, now we're going to have the great slits of hearing Dvar Torah from last week's Parsha or two weeks ago if you're in Israel. We're not very up to date here, but it's better than nothing. So uh, take it away. Thank you. It, it's actually, um, it's it's more fitting than talking about next week's Parsha here uh, in uh, outside of Israel because we're going to be talking about Shlach and, and the spies. And uh, there's a message in last week's Parsha that we read just yesterday here in a week plus ago uh, in Israel that I think is appropriate to this podcast, to the end of the season, and to, to you guys, to Gavi and Azi at the end of your yeshiva years. Uh, and that is in the middle of uh, the Parsha Balotcha, there the, we have the two upside down, backward facing nuns uh, with many explanations as to what they're doing there, uh, including marking off a separate book within the, within the Sefer Bamidbar. And the most common or most popular, I would say, well-known explanation is that it, it's separating three separate calamities that happened in a row uh, to Bnei Yisrael. And the first of which is the, the Pasuk of Vayisu Mehar Hashem, which on simple readings, they journeyed away from Har Sinai. What's, it's not such a big deal. Uh, and the Ranban points out in Rashi also that they, they they left like children, that they left, they ran away from the mountain, like a, like a kid runs away from school, 
not wanting to get another assignment. They ran away from Harsinai because they didn't want to get another, they got enough mitzvah, they didn't want any more commandments. An interesting question is asked by Rabbi Yuchem Levovich from my old Mashkir in Mir in the late and early 1900s. Uh, he asked the question, he says, it doesn't make sense. This was a generation that, that reached the ultimate heights of spirituality. They, they were at Harsinai. They, they, they heard, saw in a way, they saw Shem, they saw angels, 22,000 angels come down. How is it possible that they weren't in the mood for another commandment? It just doesn't seem fitting for them. And even more so, did they actually think they could outrun Hashem? They could get, well, let's get out of here quick because we, we can make it a, a kilometer or two, a mile or two, and we'll outrun them and we'll, we'll catch up and we won't, won't be able to, to give us that extra command. It just doesn't make sense. And, and he answers that, that what it really means is that like a kid leaving school, the kid's excited to go somewhere else. Kids excited to go home, go to an activity, go go wherever the, the kid is going, uh, and forgets to say thank you on the way out. Not that not that he's trying to run away from something, but it just forgets to say thank you, forgets to, to appreciate where he's leaving, and and that's what Bnei Israel did. That they never went back to the Har Sinai and went up to it and and said thank you. Uh, we appreciate uh, what we received here. Appreciate thank you Hashem for giving us uh, the, the, the Torah here on Har Sinai before we turn away and, and leave. Uh, and they just, they had their mindset on where they were going next, no, no, no ill intentions, uh, but they just didn't recognize what they had just received uh, properly. And uh, I think it's probably a, a good a good note for Lahavdil um, for the end of the NBA season. I want to thank the Boston Celtics. Uh, it didn't end all that well, uh, game six, but uh, looking forward to the next to the next year and the next season and uh, making it back to the finals. And uh, back to more uh, more fitting comparisons or more more fitting uh, applications of that. It's it's fitting for you guys. Gavi and Ozzy leaving or ending the yeshiva year. Saw some of the photos and uh, some of the stories that came from your end of year uh, banquet uh, that you had and recognition that you gave and the thanks that you gave for everything you received. You're going to be going on to great things, but at the same time, never forgetting where you came from, being thankful for that. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very fitting message for you. Thank you. I hope there's some good background music added to that. There will be, don't worry. It makes it sound way better, trust me. Yeah, it's like it's like Aleph Beta, the, the videos. You ever, if you ever listen to Aleph Beta videos, they have a symphony orchestra playing in the background. And you always wonder, without that music, it'd still be amazing. They're phenomenal, phenomenal uh, little short videos and, and messages that they give, but the music just adds so much. Yeah. Same with this podcast. Yeah. All right. On that note, um, I don't know what that note is, but we'll, we'll say that. Um, on that note, we're going to we'll play a little game to end off the podcast that I prepared called Over or Under Finals Edition. So basically, I'm just going to, I'll say a stat or something like that, and I'll say, was it over or under? And I'll give you like the line. Did the Warriors shoot over or under 80% from the free throw line in the playoffs? Over. I'll go with over. Under. Under 76% from the free throw line in the playoffs. All right, you guys can keep track of the score. All right, next one. Celtics, over or under 13 turnovers per game in the finals? I would I give 26. I would have gone. I would have been on the fence. But oh, 13 is a no-brainer. Yeah, I think it's over. It is over. It's it's a uh, 14.7 turnovers per game in the finals. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and, and you know, so, some of them didn't even count as turnovers. Some of them were just forced shots that were worse than turnovers, but because they were shots, they didn't, they didn't get counted as turnovers. So it's probably yeah. even higher than that. All right, we'll, we'll stay at the turnovers. Tatum, over or under 90 turnovers total in the playoffs? Ooh, oh, I wonder how many, game, how many games did they play. I think there were 31, 31. games, right? They had Something two, like that. You know, 14, 14, 18. No, 20, 24. 24 games. What's that? 24 games. So it's almost four. It's almost four. A little over four. So I'm going to say under. No, actually, a little under four per game. All right. Ozzy says under. Mr. Okay. Um, I think you broke. You said 90, so we say under. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to do a little gamesmanship here and say over. All right. So I'm going over as well because because it felt way over. Tatum is the first player in NBA history with a hundred turnovers in a playoff series. Wow! Yeah, in a playoffs, not That's not great. That's not a good uh, stat. No, it's not a good record you want to have. Oh, that'd be good time. We'll do one more Tatum one. Tatum over or under thirty eight percent from the field in finals. Oh boy! From the I field. I hope it's over. Well, what do you say? What is it, 38%? From the field. Yeah. Not yeah. from three, from the field. Definitely. Is that all, all in, right? You're like cooing like layups, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Just feel it from the field. I would assume. Over, hopefully. Well, again, I, gamesmanship says you, this is an under. Why would he ask the question? Such an obvious. Yeah, but don't such say a, like that. It's such a horrible well, maybe, stat. Maybe that's what I'm – maybe it's reverse <laughs> psychology. I want you to think that it's yeah. obvious. Maybe. I, th- I think we'll all agree it was somewhere around 38%. Right. So which is, what's your answer? Which is, which is, which is not good. Direction. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I think over. All right, Ozzy over. I'll go with under. Under, and? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's somewhere in like 36, 37, just under. It's 36.7. Yeah. Not great. All right, here, we have one more. Wiggins over or under 20 points per game in the finals. Did he have over 20? God, I can't check this. That was going to be a, Yeah, I'll be cheating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. If he played amazing, he played really, really well. But over 20? Uh, the finals? I don't, I don't know. I'll say over. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say over, I guess, just because question. I'll go with over, too. He, he was a, what a breakout star. Well, was. you would all be wrong. He averaged 18.8 <laughs> points per game in the finals. 18.8? Yeah, he played amazing. He was really good. Was he? he really was well. he their second? Was he their second leading scorer? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, either him or Clay. I don't know. I, I think it was Wiggins though. Good for him. Played well. He did play well. He's he's Canadian. Canadian representing. Yeah. Hey, he's from Toronto. Hey, who's better, RJ Barrett or him? Okay. Definitely, definitely him. Yeah. Everyone's him. better than RJ Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> so. If if, if Wiggins if Wiggins keeps up his play from the finals next season, he's an all star. He was also forget, Wiggins, Wiggins. Yeah, he was an all star. Wiggins, Wiggins is on a max deal. His rookie, he had an ext- max extension after his rookie contract. He was, was supposed over. to be the next Kobe Bryant. And Minnesota gave it to him. He's coming off a hundred fifty million dollar deal. He's going to get another big deal. Yeah, there was this funny video that I saw on Instagram. Number one, number one overall pick in the draft. I mean, well, while they were celebrating him and Jordan Poole. They were, they were like spraying the champagne and then they were, Jordan Poole goes to Wiggins. He's like, you about to get a bag. And for like the old guys who don't understand, that means like they're going to get a lot of money. 
I told this to my dad, and he didn't get it. And then Andrew Higgins is like, no, you about to get a bag. And then they're just like jumping up like little girls screaming, we about to get a bag. Honestly, like, that I, means I, thought they get I thought they were talking about a bag of something else. I really yeah. did. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, fine. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We'll definitely have you guys back for a, for a segment. For of football, you guys for football about... season? We'll have a football no. episode with you. I sure. want to do a football. We have to. Do we can. We well, can. What are you going to do in the off? It's a long off season for basketball. We'll, we'll do. We'll do a football one in the off season. Are we? Are there's we doing be a lot of CFL? Stuff. The draft is CFL coming up on Thursday. We got all you, the you stuff. You okay with CFL and punt, punting on third down? CFL. No, no CFL. CFL. Yeah. Argonauts. Are there, are there Argonauts in the CFL? <laughs> no, I think they are. All right. I was joking. I was joking around with someone last year. My Montreal Canadiens made it to the finals and lost this year. My Celtics made it to the finals and lost, but I'm a New York Jets fan. So if they make it to the finals yeah. and lose next year, A, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> but if they make it to the Super Bowl and they lose, I think that that's it for me in sports. Quick, interesting stat. The Jets have the, the have the most money on the, the most money on the Jets to make it to the Super Bowl just because their odds are so high. But they're also the best odds to get the number one draft pick. So no one really understands the team. That's probably because they don't. They, they, no one is coming to the realization that Zach Wilson stinks, and uh, you know people are just kind of on the fence after his first year. But you'll real, we will soon realize it'll probably be the number one pick. <laughs> I think we I think we both know they have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl because they'll be last in the league until about four weeks left, and they'll go on a run just to lock in the second or third pick again. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> that's a better bet. All right, here's the deal. Next time you guys come on, we'll have uh, we'll do half football, half. Uh... Half NBA rant yeah, about, about the old days. We just have to believe in the Jets. We had a great yeah. draft. Great All right. Anyways, thank you guys so much for coming on on this right. Father's Day. A lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. Have again. a good summer, everybody. Come on, bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone, for coming on.